Welcome back. I'm Zinati Guma and you're watching Stockwatch this week and joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is Roy Mutooni from Sunlam Investments. Send your questions via SMS to 41392. Email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. What a ride, Roy. We are, what is this, the last trading day of the first half of the year? Uh, also Absolutely. for June, also for the second quarter. Uh, quite interesting uh, economic data that's still coming out. Um, interesting moves in the markets where we've seen uh, this sustained rally, actually. Um, uh, quite surprising considering the risks that are still out there. But uh, seeing that markets, um, th there's some uh, positivity, some opportunities that they're seeing. So what can you say about the end of this period? So, so we started out this year thinking that um, inflation was under control and the big risk would be um, a recession later on in the year in developed markets and how that would pan out. But what we're what we're seeing now since the last couple of weeks has been actually sustained strong data and an acknowledgement by markets that in all likelihood the U.S. economy is probably stronger than we thought and that strength is being sustained particularly through the labor market and consumer spending and, and consumer confidence as well. Um, and inflation, while it's coming off, is not coming off fast enough. So we're facing up to this, this, this scenario where central banks are still going to have to keep managing the inflation. So hiking rates are keeping them higher, but also we're seeing relatively strong economic growth out of the, out of the U.S. And, and I think that's what's underpinning the, the, the equity market rally that you're seeing. So, so you're seeing, um, share prices continuing to grow, earnings continuing to be reasonable, and GDP data being, being positive internationally. So that's supporting the positive sentiment. Not exactly what we we're expecting at the beginning of the year. But also, even with this um, support in, in sentiment, listen, I get we're getting really strong data, but usually in mm -hmm. the past, uh, markets would be quite nervous that because we're getting mm -hmm. such strong data, that the Fed mm -hmm. would continue with its uh, monetary policy mm -hmm. tightening. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, those fears would lead to concerns about growth. Um, is that just not, not a thing, or are markets just deciding, you know what, we'll maybe unpack that at a, at a later stage? No, there's actually an interesting debate that's starting up that while they've been hiking and hiking aggressively, maybe they've not been, it's, it's not a constraining level yet. Ah. So, 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 so the idea that we thought it was, um, liquidity was being taken out of the market by these hikes and by QT and all of that, in reality, it isn't. Um, and so they've only just probably reached the point where policy is restrictive. Remember, even, in, in the, the Reserve Bank here in South Africa only actually just said we've become restrictive relatively recently. Yeah. So I think what the market is feeling is that, yes, you've been hiking aggressively, but it's actually not been restrictive. Yeah. And maybe we may get there over the short term, but right now there's sufficient liquidity for us to be relatively confident that equities can continue rising. So, so the strange thing is that you're seeing equities rising, and bond yields rising as well. So bond yields, the 10-year bond yield in the U.S. has started going up, and I think that's what you're seeing pushing the rand weaker. But across the entire across the entire yield curve, we've taken a step up, but equities continue running. 
Yeah. And it, yeah, interesting yeah. that you, you do say that we've only just reached kind of restrictive territory. And I mean, you know, uh, here back at home, uh, Lesecha Khadiakho has been fighting with everybody uh, for a long time, saying that we still remain accommodative. Um, let's, yeah, let's go into the questions. Um, uh, quite interesting questions that we actually have today. Uh, there's uh -huh. one that I did say before the show, you need to open up NAMPAC because... <laughs> but before we get to NAMPAC, um, of uh -huh. course, seeing that there's with this uh, sustained rally that we've been seeing particularly in the u.s um quite an interesting question coming through here i'd like to open a usa bank account um simon wow. and others on your program have expressed uh, that it is uh reasonably straightforward these days i would appreciate if you could ask um uh your analyst to advise which bank or banks would be the <laughs> most practical to open and operate from sa <laughs> the, the only answer i can give you there is i haven't the slightest <laughs> okay, well um, then I'll ask Simon also to, to weigh in since uh, clearly um, he's been giving out this advice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think he'll be more reliable. <laughs> cool. All right. Please open up your NAMPAC sense um, for this question. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. So, of course, yeah, there, there's, uh, there, there are results from the uh, AGM that were, result, uh, that were released on SINs, um about mm -hmm. an hour ago. And the share price mm -hmm. is up more than 8%. Uh, so mm -hmm. the viewer is asking about the implications for NAMPAC and its share price once mm -hmm. these resolutions are implemented regarding today's SINs announcement, um, mm -hmm. where the shareholders approved a number of resolutions regarding capital raising and uh, share consolidation, including the following. So these are, I'll read them out, but these are special resolutions uh, number one, two, three, and mm -hmm. four. I will read them out mm -hmm. for the viewers who haven't seen that since. So right. special resolution mm -hmm. number one, conversion of ordinary shares with a par value to ordinary shares without par value. Special mm -hmm. resolution number two, that's a consolidation of the authorized and issued ordinary share capital of the company. Special resolution number three, increase in the authorized share capital of the company. Uh, special resolution number four, amendment to the MOI to reflect one, the conversion from par-value shares to no par-value shares. Uh, two, the consolidation. Three, the increase of authorized share capital. And four, other minor changes as approved by the board. And a special resolution mm -hmm. number five, actually also approval to issue 30% or more of the company's issued shares. That really just sounds like a lot of technical jargon, Roy. Uh, <laughs> are you able to unpack exactly um, okay. Yeah. What, what's going on? No, there? absolutely. So, so effectively, NAMPAC needs a lot of capital. The share price has sold off significantly. Um, if they went out just to do a rights issue on this basis, the level of dilution, the number of shares they would have to issue and all of that would just be mind-boggling and you'd be dealing with cents on cents on cents. So effectively, what, what the directors here wanted to do was to simplify all of that. They, 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 their first allowing the issuance of more shares there and then they're consolidating them so you still have reasonable share share prices the bottom line here is they need capital from the equity markets um, they want to maintain tradability of the shares and they want to make it in reasonable whole numbers uh, and that's all that these resolutions do now what they've done is they've paved the way for the rights issue to come yeah post the rights issue you'll have a share price that's either in rands or cents but not fractions of cents mm -hmm. for the amount of shares they would need to issue to capture all of this cash relative to 
where the market cap has reached, it would now become mind-boggling and quite confusing. And to be honest, just detracting from the real investment case. So I think it's just simplifying it, keeping whole numbers mm -hmm. and allowing um, the company to go out and raise this money that it so badly needs. Yeah. Um, is that also why the share price is up so much? I mean, maybe from a low base. I, I, think, I, I think one of the reasons why the price is up is at least now we are seeing, because remember this meeting has been postponed a couple of times. Yeah. Um, it's not been clear whether the money would be able to come. It's not clear whether it's had the support of the bigger shareholders and all of that. And at the back of all of this, the banks want their money. The Americans who had lent the company money in a private placement wanted their money. The good thing with this is it starts the process towards putting money into the business and starting the restructuring and taking it out of the cliff, the mm. cliff of bankruptcy that it probably faced. So that's probably why people now are comfortable buying in the share because they know we will participate in the rights issue yeah. and the business is a going concern. Yeah, but Roy, quite interesting because that share price has fallen so much to the point where yeah. you just see a flat line for the last few months. Even this 8% <laughs> today is nothing. So it's mm -hmm. really going to take a lot to boost that share price mm -hmm. up significantly back to the levels that we saw before uh, all mm -hmm. these challenges. Uh, there's quite an interesting uh, question here. Uh, very long. Uh, Roy, you are working today. Um, <laughs> so uh, it says, I'm building a long-term JSC stock portfolio that is mm -hmm. focused on income generation and long-term capital growth, adopting a core and satellite structure. Right. In my core, which is to be 50% of the portfolio I have, inner core bonds, um, low risk at 60%, outer core index tracker, so uh, CSP 500, ETF uh, T40, ETF EMA, medium risk at 20%, and then crust, mm -hmm. dividends, uh, aristocrats, um, higher risk at 20%, so that's the STX div, uh, the mm -hmm. uh, Glow Div and the STX mm -hmm. Res, right? Mm -hmm. And then it goes on. I'm now constructing the satellites and I would like for you to ask your, uh, well, one person, not a panel. Uh, what are the two top themes that I can pick from to hold for the next seven to ten years? I already picked from the financials. Uh, so it goes mm -hmm. on, Roy. Um, so that's the theme <laughs> for the next seven to I'm ten years. Up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I already picked from the financials fintech um, that mm -hmm. uh, Standard Bank. Um, uh, that's also capital appreciation, MTN and uh, PPE um, mm -hmm. for 20 percent of the portfolio and the Signia 4IR at 7 percent. I'm considering REITs or travel and leisure and maybe three rand hedges with solid growth prospects, but not sure which ones. Your thoughts on, mm. on key themes or stock pool considering my current holding and objectives. And this is uh, the most important part of this. Uh -huh. If this query can be taken by Rikas Riedes, Gary Boyson, Roy Mutuoni or Jimmy Muyaha, I'll be very happy. <laughs> so at least you are one of the, the people that uh, the viewer is. Uh, <laughs> is yeah. well, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying um, thinking systematically in that way is definitely the way to go. Mm. And, and having a framework such as that over time will allow you to i will allow you to see where you've made mistakes or what's working so so you have a plan from the beginning and then you follow it okay the, the one question which i would ask is try and keep it simple don't don't try to overthink it. Keep it simple. You're well diversified. You're playing key themes. Um, and also you're, you're, you're managing the num amount of exposure you have. Um, costs are very important. Look across each of those instruments and see 
what level of costs you'll be incurring because a lot of those also overlap that's yeah. a, that's the thing about it so maybe you're you're replicating certain exposures so you need to be careful about that um i agree with you around fintech and you see fintech you'll either get it through the banks or through mtn or the telcos yeah but here's an interesting one that i don't hear spoken about and that maybe you could consider um right now with this whole go green um and and carbon zero and all of that environment what what we're seeing is that you probably need a lot more in resources there's not much investment that's going there because originally we thought resources were dirty, anti-ESG and everything. So people weren't building mines. But the demand is growing. The amount of copper you'll need um, going into going into this whole um, prevent um, reducing the amount of emissions and everything. It's a whole lot. And it's quite important to think about that when you're thinking about your themes because it's going to be very important in the future um, where we get these commodities from, where we get these metals from. Um, so that's one that I think on top of fintech that over the short, over the medium to longer term, you will have to consider and to see. There's not enough investment going into commodities right now. There's not enough mines being built, but the demand continues to grow. So you're going to get to a point where um, the only response can be in terms of commodity price um and 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 the like so yeah no i really like yeah. i really like having a structured approach um and keep questioning keep questioning these assumptions i don't know about question yourself is why are still relevant um, is this mining thing that i'm suggesting still relevant where's that um fintech going in the world of ai keep questioning your assumptions and keep ensuring that you're not duplicating um you're not duplicating exposures and that you're keeping your costs down if you put all of that together and you have the benefit of time, you're a winner. I want to zoom in quickly on, uh, before we go to your stock pick, uh, on the th so um, he's considering uh, taking three rand hedges with solid growth prospects, but not sure which mm -hmm. ones. You did mention resources. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that, um, could be one, that could be one. So, so, what others would you suggest? So, 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 so if, if I thought about rand hedges straight off the top of my head, um, look at Richmond. Yeah. Richmond is a, is a luxury goods company, and we initially, I, I think the common theme was that it appeals to old wealthy people who buy extremely expensive things. But in reality, what you're seeing now is that um, the the younger people in places like China and the U.S. are developing an interest in luxury goods, and that's where volume growth is growing, and that's where those markets are growing, and that's why you've seen that share price being so resilient. That one in LVMH, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, then you have Bidcorp. Bidcorp's another one, very low exposure to South Africa, but internationally playing into the eating out theme. Now, you might say that in a, in a world where economic growth is slowing, people might not eat out. But I think you'd be missing the point that in these developed countries, eating out is a part of life. They're not as poor as us. You don't get to a point where you have to choose between when to eat and what to eat. Yeah. That's what they do. Um, and, and, and companies such as Bitcorp are capitalizing on that. Yeah. Nicely diversified between Europe and Asia and, and good growth economies where eating out is a trend and has been, has been shown to be yeah. quite sustainable. So I'd look at those two in addition to the minor uh, things specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, interesting that you say yeah. that uh, people like going uh, eating out uh, overseas, uh, whereas here we run mm -hmm. away from the items on the menu that are written SQ. <laughs> Instead of the actual price, let's, let's get to your stock pick for today, Roy. <laughs>
<laughs> so in difficult times such as these, when you're looking at South Africa, I, I still go back to my simple and plain um, bid rest. Mm. Um, I like bid rest because it's in the right positions in the South African economy, but more than that, it's a management team that knows how to go out there and get opportunities while, while being very efficient, very cost-effective. And remember, they still employ more than 100,000 people. So good for the economy, good for employment, relatively good valuation, um, and some good catalysts going forward, whether it's the new Australian exposure or the exposure to Europe that continues to grow. Mm. Um, at reasonable valuation. That's one that you buy, put at the bottom drawer, and, and Bob's your uncle. You yeah. do well. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time, uh, Roy. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, that was Roy Mutoni from uh, Sunlam Investments. All right, that's all from uh, the Business Lunch team this week. Nolutando and the rest of the team are back here on Monday, same time, same place. I'm back on your screens with the close at 6 p.m. But until then, stay tuned for lots more coming up right here on Business Day TV.